Okay. Well, good evening, folks, and welcome to the Foundations Podcast this evening. Today is Friday. We are in the evening pasture. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> A little technical difficulties, but uh, we're back up. Yes. So we're going to be bringing you, uh, and we've been talking, uh, what have we been talking about? We've been talking about uh, Jonathan Kahn's book, The uh, Return of the Gods. We also, we've been referencing uh, Dr. Heiser's, is it Hauser or Heiser? Heiser. Heiser. His book on uh, the spirit realm and also looking at the scriptures and looking kind of analyzing what they're talking about and what uh, Jonathan Kahn is talking about uh, here in America. Ask the question, this is the question, why are we seeing things going on the way we do today? You turn your newspaper on or news uh, TV on or what have you and you see all sorts of stories of things that are just going on past i mean we have everything from the heightened abortion we have uh, uh women on uh, holding signs on the capitol that a fetus is equal to a snack we have um uh we we, we have uh, fights and uh, just recently i think it was the day or two ago they broke out in a, in a uh, riot type of fight or what have you, protesters, about the transgender issue and about gay rights. And we're here in the Pride Month. And, um, and we see all of these things going down. And what's behind all of this? Well, you know, I'm almost 57 years old, and, and I have never seen anything like this in my life that I've even seen in the last probably two years yeah. and uh, maybe uh, uh, there's no way that we could have got to the place uh, that we've gotten to in the last 56 years without something fueling this. Paul said that our we don't battle flesh and blood, we don't struggle with it, that's not what our fight's with, but it's against the principalities and powers and, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places and, yes. and, and this is what we're dealing with and I believe Jonathan Kahn uh, may have hit the nail on the head yeah. uh, when he talked about uh, the dark trinity. He mentioned, that, of course, that would be uh, uh, Bel, it would be uh, Moloch, and it would be Astroff or Ishtar. Uh, and, uh, and, I, and I do believe that there is a spiritual dynamic that is influencing uh, our country and much of the world. Yes. And we, we, we see it here and what he's talking about is comparing today's society, the United States, to Israel. When Israel, uh, they, they, they decided they, they, they didn't want to just serve God the way God had said it, but they were going to serve the other gods, Canaanite gods, uh, and, and all of this, and they ended up into captivity because God was going to put up with it. They brought judgment upon themselves. And, uh, but then uh, during the time of Christ, when Jesus came and that implemented is basically, um, you know, the th things got better. It kicked the gods out because of the power and the blood of Jesus. And uh, we understand that, that that's where the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but, but, uh, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, uh, but then what happened, and then what we're talking about the United States, is that like last week we talked about Baal. And what, what did Baal do? He was the cleaner. He was the sweeper. Right. He wanted to get rid of the idea of God in this country. Kick God out. And how did we see that, Pastor? How, what, what was going on? Well, what, 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 it actually started in the early 60s. And, of course, we had some uh, landmark decisions in the 60s, uh, taking prayer and taking uh, Bible reading out of the schools. Uh, you know, we had some Supreme Court uh, issues that were not very favorable toward that. Uh, and then you just go on and you see the sexual revolution of the 60s and the 70s. And, uh, and, and what all this did uh, is it just basically opened the door uh, for something evil to come into our country. Uh, the flip side of it is the church uh, had already weakened itself long before this. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about by and large, 
and they had no answer for it. And even the churches that did, uh, now it seems that so many of them have fallen to the wayside. Yeah. Uh, with the same-sex, uh, uh, you know, uh, affirmation. Yeah, they're accepting it. They're affirming this and allowing it to go on. Now, Pastor, you know, I, I want to deviate because you, you and I had a discussion about Jehoshaphat yes. uh, uh, before we started tonight. And, uh, I mean, you look over the kings of Israel and Judah that, that served. And then you would see that each time a new king would come on, he said he did which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Or they did which was good in, in the sight of the Lord or what have you. And when they did evil or, or good, but they did not take down the high places. They didn't do away with those things that were considered evil and that, that tied Israel to those gods. Yes, and uh, yeah, that was something we were talking about. And uh, uh, during my uh, prayer time, I guess uh, yesterday and even today, uh, I had been looking up over here at Second Chronicles and, uh, and I had been looking at uh, chapter 20, and one of the verses that stood out to me, and this is about Jehoshaphat. Um, well, anyway, well, let me just read verse 31. It says, uh, Now Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years, and, then, and it mentions his mother's name. And then verse 32, And he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not depart from it doing right in the sight of the Lord. And, and one of the things you'll notice about first and second chronicles, it, uh, it looks at the flip side of things yeah. that say first and second Samuel or first and second Kings does. Mm -hmm. And verse 33 says the high places, however, however, uh, were not removed. It didn't remove the high places. Now, pastor, tell us what is a high place? Well, a high place would have been something not necessarily, uh, just a mountain, but a, a large hill, and what they traditionally were uh, in the land of Canaan, that's where they would sacrifice to, to their gods, the Canaanite gods, mm -hmm. and uh, and then, of course, Israel ended up mimicking some of these things and rebuilding some of these high places, and uh, we see this, uh, well, we see this even before the division of the, of the nation yeah, becoming yeah. the problem. And, uh, and, and then we see it in Jehoshaphat here, too. You know, and when I read this, what struck me funny is if you, you just go over to the 17th chapter, of course, that's, that's where, you know, Jehoshaphat starts out. Yes. You know, it, he becomes king. He's zealous. And, uh, and in verse uh, 17, verse 6, it says that he went through and removed the high places in, uh, in, in Judah. And, and it mentions specifically the ashram. Yes, and of course that's part of that dark trinity. Yes, uh, that uh, that well, Jonathan Cahn's coined, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the, that's just what he calls them. Uh, and and then you have even a, a record of this in the 19th chapter. Jehu, uh, who's not you know your poster child for a godly man, no, even though he was raised no. right, uh, but Jehu of all people rebukes King Jehoshaphat because he's making alliances with uh, nations he should not make alliances with, kind of like Ahab, and then of course he makes an alliance with Ahab's son after he uh, yeah. Ahab dies. Yeah, we know who Ahab was the, uh, she, he married Jezebel. Yeah, Jezebel, uh, ungodly king, there the king in Israel. And uh, anyway, he rebukes him for that, but then he says, well, you at least did one thing right, and that is that uh, you got rid of um, you, you remove the Ashram. It's called Ashram, Ashram there. Yeah. And of course, this is all Ishtar or Ashrak. You know, uh, these were poles normally that were there. There were a lot of sexual activity, and we're going to talk about that at a later time. Yeah. But but what Ashrak was basically the god they worshipped that could change their sex from man yeah. to woman. Yes. Uh, but, but he was commended for doing it, but he removed it. But then you have this passage here. Now, the addendum to Second um, uh, Chronicles 20:33, it says the high places, however, were not removed. The people had not yet directed their hearts to the God of their fathers. Uh, but, but something else that I don't, I don't know if maybe this is not mentioned, in, you know, in, in, in you know, First and Second Kings or not. I don't know. I, I just right off the hand, I can't remember. 
but this is something I did not know or just had just forgot about, mm -hmm. and that is that uh, Jehoshaphat's son, who became king, his eldest firstborn, uh, he gave him away in some time, uh, gave uh, him, well, in other words, he arranged a marriage arranged with marriage. Ahab and Jezebel's daughter. Yeah, so the daughter of Ahab and Jezebel married the son of Jehoshaphat. Yeah, and, uh, and then of course his son, after he dies, ends up being as evil as Ahab, yeah, and uh, and then he's eventually he dies of a sickness, and for the and, and the first time that anyone ever sat on the uh, over ruler of, of Judah, and this is David's line here, uh, was this 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 uh, this daughter, daughter of, of Jezebel. Jezebel, yeah, and she's queen. She becomes she's the queen. queen. Goes off trying to kill all of her own grandchildren. Yeah, um, you know, and, and and of course the high priest uh, and uh, well mainly his uh, wife, uh, they hide little Joash or, yeah, uh, from from uh, from her, and, and you know it, it's a terrible story, and uh, but but you know the one thing that I that I think was the problem here beyond Jehoshaphat uh, making some unholy alliances is that the alliances that he uh, made a, uh, you know, uh, he made them with were people who worshipped Baal. Yeah. And, so, uh, so he made alliances with people that were pagans, mm -hmm. or worshipped Baal, and um, and all the fun began. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and so you know, and, the, and I told you, I put in my notes that you know, Joshua was zealous at first, but he didn't finish his job. So whether these high places here. He didn't know we're still there. It's hard to believe. You know, if you look at the kingdom of Judah, it's not that big of a landmass. Yeah. I don't know how he couldn't know, but but it doesn't really matter. The, the The point is, they weren't removed. The people had not directed their hearts to the God of their fathers. Yeah. And uh, well, and, you see, the, the, when when you told me this story, and we were talking about this. It brought back the idea that these uh, several of these kings would not bring the high places down. They would, they kept, they allowed things to happen. They left things the way they shouldn't have been. Now, and, and you know, honestly, what came up into my mind, Pastor, was how many ministers of God. I'm not saying you, but I'm talking about other pastors. How many pastors are out there in churches? That are just allowing things to happen. Their uh, uh, their congregations are full of people that are practicing homosexuals or doing all sorts of other sins and this type of thing, and they feel that they, they there's no conviction because these pastors don't do what they should be doing. Well, yes, I, I definitely I've I've seen that. I gave the I gave the uh, the story. I actually. Uh, Heard this myself. I was at the table, okay. Okay. And uh, and uh, a part of the organization I'm a part of, and we don't we don't have to talk about that right now, you know. Uh, but but anyway, I was at a minister's meeting, and one of the people from my national office was there, and he was involved on our college campuses representing, you know, our uh, you know what well, the assemblies of God. Yeah. And uh, and I was just curious. And I asked the question, and this is probably a good four or five years ago. Yeah. And I asked the question to him, and I said, how much of a problem are you having on college campuses with the issue of same-sex relationships? I said, I know as a local pastor things that I've had to deal with in yeah. regard to that. I said, you know, but, but, but I'm, I'm assuming you're on a college campus, a secular college campus. What do you do? I mean, are you facing it? And if you are, how are you dealing with it? Well, anyway, he went through his rendition on how they were dealing with it. And, and, and I mean, I thought they had a good plan. Okay. Know, and as far as that. Um, and uh, and, this, and this this pastor is at the table with me. And uh, and this is a leader, by the way. Okay. okay? And he, he says, well, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, um, he said, well, he said, several years ago, he said, I had these two ladies that came to my church, 
they went to the gay church in the particular city we're talking about. Yeah. And they went to the gay church, but they came over to my church because they liked my teaching and stuff. And and uh, they said that, uh, you know, uh, we just wanted something a little more substantive. These are two lesbian women. Yeah. They are identified as lesbian women. They are living in open sexual sin, lesbian women. Yes. I, I just want to frame the conversation. Yeah, yeah, okay? exactly. Exactly. So that we know what we're talking about. They weren't right. turning, they weren't... Uh, yeah, we weren't talking about people who they had been this way and they had repented. No, they are actively involved, okay? Uh, and uh, and so, you know, he mentioned, well, I didn't hold anything back. I mean, uh, the gospel or anything like that. And, you know, I told him, you know, when I teach, I'm not going to, you know, spare your feelings and all this other kind of stuff. Well, anyway, they, they were in his church for four years. Oh, so yeah. I want you to put the context here. That meant that they were actively raising their hands, they're actively worshiping, singing the songs, yeah, yeah. and all this. Okay, so I mean, there we go. Uh, you know, what comes to my mind is First Corinthians five, but let's get beyond that. All okay. right. Uh, and, and then they say they want to do something in the church, so him and his board get together, and they're perplexed because they're lesbians and they're not sure what to do. And I'm listening to this conversation. Like with my mouth and gaped open. I, yeah, was, yeah. I was not prepared for this. No. I was shocked. I was in shock. And uh, as he's going on, and they came up with a slogan, greeters are not leaders. So they allowed them, so for, they a, allowed the, for a couple of years, to be the greeters, greeters of the church. Of the church. The first and, thing that your new people are coming in and meeting are two lesbian ladies that are greeting yeah, you at the door. And then, after it was all said and done with, he put his head down and he said, maybe I didn't do the right thing. You think? And, and, and I'm like, and, and you know what's weird is everyone at that table, here's a national figure in our organization, I think he was blown away. He could not believe what he was hearing. No one said anything because we were struck dumb. I, I kid you not, I, I am like, I didn't know. What you I was, I, you know, I've, I've yeah. faced these situations before, but not a fellow minister in my organization. It took me by surprise. And what was wild is that this minister had a person in their section that pulled out of the Assemblies of God because they decided to affirm same-sex yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you see a correlation? Yeah, you, th you, you think. And the, the thing here is, in that what we, where you're talking about all these leaders not doing what they should do. Now, you said, well, we're, we're, we, are you going to just kick them out and tell them you hate them? No. But the thing here is, is that they need to be in a state of repentance. I mean, if, if you're going to be a Christian and if you have a homosexual tendencies, you need to shun or, or, or get rid of those. Yeah, you deal with that. You need to deal with the sin. If you have a desire for alcohol and you're an alcoholic, what do you do? You resist that. Yes. You don't celebrate it. If you have, if you're a dude and and you want to have sex with all kinds of women and you have temptations. The Bible says you put those things to death. You resist them. Yes. If you have homosexual feelings, resist them. Resist them. It's a lust of the flesh. Yes. Nobody's criticizing you if you have a problem. Everyone has problems with the flesh. Okay? But if, if that's your problem, resist it. Yes. If, no. you, have a, if you have a problem with uh, lying and you want to lie to people all the time or you want to what? Resist that. Resist it. Yes, we are supposed to be, there's a term, I guess it's called sanctification. In that, in that we are pressing toward the mark. Of course, we're not all, all perfect. We do have issues. All of us have, have issues, whatever we need to ask God for forgiveness. But at the same time, you don't just say it's okay to do it. Go ahead and do it. No. You can't. Yeah, and, and you know that that I, I, I you want to question the Christianity. I mean, there's a change in your life, and uh, and anyway, but the thing here is, is that my my point was this: is that you had leaders there that weren't doing their job, no. they weren't doing it right the way God told them, 
And how many pastors do we have behind pulpits today that are not doing, you know, we need to get into our subject, but are not doing what they should be doing? The thing is, folks, you, you know, the thing is, is that if you let, you, you, you let a little baby snake come into the uh, house, oh, how cute, how, how nice, and let it sit there, and it's a rattlesnake, eventually that thing will grow up and get bigger and bigger and bigger, and eventually may come over and bite you and put you to, and then you could die from it. You see, you let things, and the Bible says a little leaven, leavens the whole lump, right? And that's yeast. You put a little bit in there, blah, 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 blah. and that's what's going on. You've got to deal with it. Pastors, you've got to deal with sin in your church. Anyway, that's enough. That's today's sermon. We need to move into what we're talking about today. Last week, I'm sorry, uh, last week we were talking about Baal. And Baal was the sweeper. He actually did all, we saw how in this country God was pushed out. Ten commandments taken down out of the Supreme Court. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, all of this the pastor was talking about. And he, you read a list of all that flavor last week. Yes. Now, the second God that we are talking about is once the house is empty. And he, and he referred to the verse of Jesus telling the parable about how when a demon spirit leaves the house or leaves the person or what have you and, uh, and goes out and he comes back and finds the house swept and clean, nothing has replaced his, uh, that demon leaving. Then he will go out and get seven demons even more worse than he is and come back and repossess that house and the latter end of that person will be worse than the first. Now that was what he, uh, what Khan was talking about when he was referring to the United States. And that God was pushed out and the house was swept. And now he was calling the next gods, or the gods that we're going to talk about, to come in. And Pastor, who is this next god that we're talking about? Uh, this would be Moloch. And of course he based that upon... Uh what happened to Israel and uh, they worshipped the Baals and before you know it they adopted uh, one of the Canaanites uh, religion and that was offering their children to Moloch mm -hmm. and, uh, and, uh, and I, I believe this is what I believe uh, when we were looking over there in 2 Chronicles 20 when it talks about high places not being removed uh, I think it's possible, I think it's more than possible that Baal was worshipped on that high place. Mm -hmm. I think the ashram was worshipped on that place. Uh, and I believe it's possible that children may have been sacrificed to Moloch in some of those places. Uh, don't know that for sure. Uh, all were, the only particular one that's mentioned is ashram uh, in the context earlier, but, uh, but we do know that Jezebel and Ahab worship Baal. Yes. Now, here's a little, let's, let's, I'm going to give you just a little quick, quick, quick history on Moloch. Moloch, again, like you said, Pastor, was a Canaanite god. And uh, they had a thing, they called it the cult of Moloch. It's to believe to have been practiced by the people of the Levant region from at least the early Bronze Age and images of his bullish head with a child burning in his belly, persist until the medieval times. His name, okay, okay I won't get into all of that. But the, the thing here is, it, it gives uh, times and places and all that for Moloch. One of the, and what Moloch was there for, they worshipped him. Now, again, I will reiterate just very quickly that when they dedicated these idols. They, there was holes in them that they believed that when they did the dedication that the gods literally would inhabit these idols. Now, according to, and that was Deuteronomy? Well, uh, first of all, the first uh, references we have are in Leviticus. We have, uh, and, and this is part of the Holiness Code. Uh, this is Leviticus 18, and um, and then it says in verse 21, you shall not give any of your offspring to offer them to Moloch, uh, nor shall you profane the name of, the, uh, of your God, I am the Lord. Yes. And then in chapter 20, 
there's kind of a reiteration of some of the things in 18. Uh, Moses is going to spend, well, well, there wasn't written chapter and verses, but from our standpoint, five verses, it says right here in chapter 20, verse 1, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also say to the sons of Israel, Any man from the sons of Israel or from the aliens sojourning in Israel who gives any of his offspring to Moloch, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. I will also set my face against uh, that man, and I will cut him off from among his people, because he has given some of his offspring to Moloch, so as to defile my sanctuary and to profane. Notice, offering to Moloch is also a profane yes. to his name. Okay. And uh, and he says, if the people of the land, however, should ever discard... Uh, should ever discard that man when he gives any of his offspring to Moloch so as not to put him to death, then I myself will set my face against that man and against his family, and I will cut him off from their, uh, from their people, both him and all those who play the harlot after him, mm -hmm. playing the harlot after uh, Moloch, and then it gets into uh, some other things that involve the occult. Yes. Um, and, and th th that's reminiscent of the Deuteronomy 18 passage. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it talks about you do not do the practices of these lands, they're called toibah. Yes. And uh, and the first one is mentioned uh, is that you will not cause any of your children to pass through, through the fire and mulling. Uh, and so, you know, Israel's warned over and over again uh, concerning this. And, uh, and what we do know about Israel is that they continue to have a problem with the worship of Moloch, and uh, and what and when it finally ended in Israel uh, was with the Babylonian captivity. Because while Babylon had their own gods they served, the one thing, if they had any redeeming quality, was that they didn't worship Moloch. Yes. Now, okay, so we have Israel worshiping, and they were guilty of this. It was definitely, they were guilty of this, and we see that. Why would God say anything about it if they weren't doing it? See, they were doing this. Now, they would offer their children to sacrifice. Now, they said that the, the God, their idol of Molech was made of metal, and they would heat this God up, or this idol up. And, uh, and then, okay, it says, Topath is Molech which was made of brass. They heated him from his lower parts. I'm reading a quote here. And his hands being stretched out and made hot, they put the child between his hands and it was burnt. When it or the child vehemently cried out, but the priest, uh, he said the priest would beat drums so that the father would not hear the voice of his son crying out that it, and his heart might not be moved. So, in other words, he, you know, if you heard your kid screaming there, that, you know, you probably, you know, your instincts couldn't kick in. If you, I mean, if you had instincts, if you're over there offering the child to Moloch, and uh, so they would beat the drums loud to cover up the cries of the children. Now, earlier today I referred to this. Okay, well, bottom line, and I was trying to uh, trying to focus this. When they prayed, the gods inhabit them. We we hear from scripture. We read from what Pastor was reading that demonic spirits actually inhabited these gods. These were demonic spirits. These were, what, principalities and powers? that are, Or what have you that were in them, and they would uh, offer and sacrifice these children to demons. That's what the Bible says. You, you sacrificed your children to devils. Now, I made a reference earlier today about the spirit of Moloch, Pastor, in that this demonic spirit was coming against the children of Israel. This was this, that they were sacrificing their children to this demon. And the thing here is this. 
could this particular spirit, and this is what Jonathan Cohn was talking about, be loosed in this country today? Yes, and I think it's obvious. I mean, while we do not have people actively uh, taking a, a child and offering it on a, uh, a statue made of brass uh, and burn alive, uh, what we do have is we have abortion. Yes. And we've had it for quite some time. Uh, we can be thankful that the Supreme Court reversed the decision of Roe versus Wade. It didn't end abortion, but it was a step in the right direction. And now it's been uh, put back to the states. And uh, and you know, and, and I made mention of this, and we're, we're going we're gonna to mention it again because we need to. Uh, Starbucks has decided that they will pay uh, for any one of their employees to get uh, an abortion if they need one, and this they'll send them to a state where yeah. they legalize it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, Christian, if you're buying your product from Starbucks, you think about that next time uh, that you're funding that, because that's what you're doing. If you didn't know that before, you know it now. And, uh, and so abortion is the shedding of innocent life. Now, you know, a lot of people will, you know, it's amazing how people are so ignorant of the scripture, but let's get beyond that for a second. I, I've heard uh, well-meaning Christians say, well, you know, the, the law doesn't apply to us. And this is just for Israel. Uh, you know, but the problem they're going to have with that is uh, if we go back to uh, Genesis chapter 9, when Noah gets off the boat, you know, and Moses hadn't been born yet. There is no law. Mm -hmm. uh, and God speaks to him about innocent blood being shed. Yeah. And basically, he institutes the death penalty for this. And so he releases Noah. Well, it's just Noah, uh, his wife, his sons, and their wife at that point. Yeah. But Noah is, in the sense, in the position that Adam was before the fall, and that he is going to be the ruler at yeah. least for a time, uh, until he dies. Yes. I mean, you know, and so he instituted it. If, 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 if a man sheds innocent blood by that man, blood. he shall be, you know, basically killed. He'll be killed. Yeah. Or, you know, his blood will be shed. Yes. And, uh, and, and so, you know, and then, of course, we find it, uh, first of all, in Exodus 20, uh, and uh, it's repeated again in Deuteronomy, I believe, chapter five or six, uh, where the Ten Commandments are mentioned, and it says, "Thou shalt not murder." No. Yeah. And then Paul in First Timothy chapter one, uh, talking about the law, and he said, "The law is good if it's used lawfully." Yes. And he talks about the law is for all the unrighteous. He begins to work this list down. Yeah. Uh, which he's working down the Ten Commandments, and he gets to this part about those who kill their uh, fathers and mothers, mm -hmm. and uh, and then he gets to he says and he makes a separate category. He says for murderers, murderers, and so that goes back to the Ten Commandments: Thou shalt not murder. It also goes back to the Ten Commandments uh, about the commandment to honor your father and mother. Yes. But, uh, so you know this is not just in the Mosaic Law. Mm -hmm. Paul's restating it to Timothy. Timothy's been left in Ephesus. This is a Gentile church, uh, you know, and, and so Timothy is only half Jew, yeah. and uh, and uh, you know, and so Noah. We see that God speaking to Noah. I mean, just gets off the boat, yeah. And God yeah. institutes this. And why would He do this? What did the what the, the flood? We have the sons of God cohabiting with uh, human women. A offspring of giants is created, and the the next. In the next verse, it, verse 5 says, and violence was on the earth in those mm -hmm. days. And if we go study some extra biblical material like the book of Enoch or the book of Giants, some of these were found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Uh, what they tell us is that these, these things, these giants were wicked. They were violent. They killed people. They yes. were... Uh, and, and so it's no wonder that God, one of the first things he tells Noah is, you know, anybody that sheds innocent blood, that man's blood will be required. Yeah. God's not going to put up with this. You know, and, uh, uh, Proverbs even talks about, it's, what is it, six things God hates, seven are abomination to him. Yeah. One of those is hands that shed 
innocent blood. Yeah, and, that, and by the way, that's what abortion is. Yes. Uh, I, I, you know, it, 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 it grie it's always grieved me when, when Christians are trying to make distinctions about when it would be proper to have an abortion or not. Or, you know, it's it just, it's amazing. But uh, here's the point right here. You know, mm -hmm. life begins at conception, yes. and anything that terminates that life after conception is murder. Period. That, that, there, there's no, you know, and we, we, we've had times that we've discussed this, and the, the thing about negotiating with sin, you can't negotiate with sin. I mean, that's what we're trying to do in Brazil, the first trimester, you know, how many weeks, and blah, 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 blah. No, conception, it's a human being. God even looks, you know, in the scriptures we, we have brought this out. Now here, this is the thing though, Pastor, is that we used to have that negotiation flow, but today people are starting to own that it is murder, but they still approve it. Yeah, and, and that, that's, you know, and, and, and then, then, then the struggle with it is what I don't understand, the struggle with yeah. it. Yeah, why would you even uh, consider you know, it? Uh, my wife and I, we, we have three children, uh, our first child uh, died, uh, you know, well, you know, prematurely. She was a, a you know, a miscarriage. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and and we would have never thought about aborting any of our children. It was never a, a, it was never a an option. I mean, it was, it, was, it was terrible enough the first one didn't make it, yeah. you know. And, uh, and, and so, you know, it, it, it's just, I, I, I just don't understand how intelligent people and we have way more information from a scientific standpoint today than what they did in the 60s when they passed Roe versus Wade and how that you can see what you can see with your own eyes even if you don't want to believe the Bible my Lord how can you believe that this is humane and godly I mean how can you believe that this is right to go in and forcibly end a pregnancy yeah. through abortion yeah, and then they, I mean, the, way the, methods, the means that they do so. You know, and Pastor, this is the reason why, I, you know, we talk about the spirit of Moloch in this country. Think about this. You, uh, you know, with this, when, when they, uh, this whole decision about the reversing the Roe versus Wade, how did this nation react? Oh, well, there, there, there were mo mo millions of people that were upset about this. I mean, I mean, you had Hollywood coming on the, there on the screen. I'll give you some names. What is that? Anne Hathaway. One of them there. Yeah, y'all watch their movie. Oh, how like the Princess Diaries and all this. This lady here. I can't. You know, I literally cannot look at these actresses the same way after they spew this out of their mouth. I can't look at them the same way. I'm over here going, no, I don't want to watch your movies. And the, the thing is, and that. You, that uh, we were uh, talking uh, about the uh, the pickets and the protests at the Capitol. One lady having a sign said that a fetus equals snack. These people are mentally deranged, or they're possessed, or they're some demonized or something. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they definitely. I would go with the demon part. Um, you know, I, you stop and think about this just for a second. You you put yourself back into uh, ancient Israel. Read, we read about these sayings and, you know, basically 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles. Mm -hmm. uh, we even see some of the things in Judges. Okay, the point is you are taking your child, your offspring. I'm not even talking about the Canaanites now. I'm talking about the Israelites. Mm -hmm. These people worship Yahweh, okay? And you're taking your child to a high place. Where they have built this statue of Moloch, heated this thing up. Mm -hmm. They believe that Moloch had possessed this idol, and you're going to take your own child. I, I mean, what does it take to get somebody to do that? Well, here's the question I have: What does it take to get a woman to abort her child? Yeah. What does it take to get a doctor to perform an abortion? What does it take? To get somebody to drive them to get an abortion, you know that's what we're talking about. That's demonic. Yes, that is a spirit that has possessed a nation. 
such as Israel or Judah or the United States or Europe or wherever we're talking about. It doesn't matter whether we're talking about some of the, the Mayan tribes uh, in, 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 in South America that yeah. was doing human sacrifice. I mean, what causes someone to do that unless that is a spirit behind it? Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, and of course, I watch the news and all that. And you see, you watch the news, you watch different things, and the, I mean, the vehement. I mean, I don't know what I want to call it. I mean, the reaction of all these people—it's like you stole their food, you stole their, you, you, you know, and they were violent. I mean, their words, their actions, the the craziness was violent when this happened. It's like, you know, and the thing is, it's like every demon in hell decided to come out to play. And and you saw all of this on television and and, uh, TV programs and Hollywood and all this. And, uh, yeah, something got a hold of them. Well, you know, I I remember, um, you know, of course, I think this was, 90s, but uh, Sybil uh, Shepherd, I believe, was kind of the spokesman for abortion and uh, the big champion of it. Yeah. Uh, she spoke on the behalf, I believe, of Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood. And, and some of these others. And, 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 you know, the thing that I made observation about all those years ago is that Sybil Shepherd is a famous white woman, and you don't see her aborting her children. No. But what she is advocating, which is a historical fact, that Planned Parenthood facilities are put into major cities in lower income uh, places where mainly you have minorities are at, and the overall majority of these abortions are performed on minorities, and the number one minority that is all is black children. And the founder of the Planned Parenthood was a racist who wanted to get rid of black people. And what does abortion do? And so I I guess my question, and this is what I've asked for years, where is, you know, we see Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton talking about racial divide and, and, and you know, the black person has a real rough time. Where were you talking about the genocide? And murder of unborn black children. Where were you? Yep. No, you had to have a white preacher talk about it. Where were you? You are a hypocrite, sir. A hypocrite. That's right. And it irritates me. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how to say it. And I apologize if I seem angry, but it irritates me the hypocrisy yeah. of, of, of people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson and the black neighborhood and the black pastors where were you yeah that's what they're I they're coming in and, and they're doing that you know because if it would have been a bunch of white children oh you know yeah. wow yeah and we were talking about this from day one yeah. in ministry that this is murder it and is. I've been talking about the racism of abortion mm-hmm and where are my black brothers and sisters in Christ? I didn't see you then, and I don't see you now. You need to rise up. Yeah. And you need to speak to this injustice because that's yeah. what it is. Yes. This this country is possessed with this bloodlust over the unborn. Now, when you talk about bloodlust, the abortion, that is one of the things. There are other things in our country where I think, you know, and I, I talked about this a little earlier today, where the spirit of Moloch is getting after. Now, I, I'll bring you through a couple of things here. Number one is we have a, and, uh, we have a problem in our country with sex trafficking pastors. Yes. Where they abduct, they kidnap young children, and they sell them through sex trafficking to slaves for these future degenerate individuals to buy them and to have sex with them. You have the Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein's, and they say, well, he's dead. He, killed, but he was rubbing shoulders 
with high officials, and I'm not going to, and, and very well-known individuals, where uh, he was, uh, for, for, you know, and took them on his plane to Pedophile Island to where they could have sex with young underage children. And by the way, there is no one who has debunked that. And, 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 no, and no by one the has. way, we have at least one who, who was a uh, past president who rubbed shoulders with this man. And yeah. there is a report about him uh, yeah. We're not going to get into. We're not going to get into it. You watch Bad, John you Dan Bongino, go watch it. Yeah, that'll just amaze you. Now the thing is, we have this going on. Now a, a couple of things. Let me let me. The the extinction or the doing away with children is not new. No. Um, there are reports that that and then the, that in a, at least in, I know in ancient China what they would do would be that the birthing women, the, the ones that were, that were the, uh, at the birthing stools, would have a bucket of water right there next to them while the baby was coming out that was giving birth. If the child was a male child, it was fine. They would keep it, take care of it. But if the child was a girl, they would immediately take the child rightly delivered and drown it in the bucket next to them. This was a mean of population control. We have, and, now, and Pastor, you know I've studied archaeology and all this. One of the things that we dealt with during, our, uh, dur during all of this was the fact that in the catacombs or in the tunnels beneath the monasteries overseas, they would find little bones of babies that were killed and aborted in those uh, two tunnels between the monastery where the priests were, where the nuns were. So they were there and they were literally having illicit sexual activity between them and the nuns and they were aborting and killing their babies there. This is nothing new. You don't think the spirit of Moloch has not had his day. And then now, Pastor, what are we dealing with in our schools today? I mean, what is the biggest issue that we are having today in our country? Well, and, and I, I just heard this report, but the, the big issue that we're having is we are teaching our children transsexual ideals. And, uh, and now what our schools are doing, uh, not all schools, but a lot of schools are. Uh, they are uh, giving uh, puberty blockers and trans transitional medicines uh, to small children yeah, to change them from a boy to a girl or a girl to a boy. And these things are permanent. I mean, they yes. don't cut it back from it. No. And uh, and they're, they're they're doing that. And uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, you know, one of the. The report I heard, and I can't even remember I heard it, but we're talking, you know, uh, if the pedophilia movement is is growing, you know, pedophiles. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and one of the one of the things that they're talking about now is if you're going to allow a three and a four year old to make their own decision about whether they want to change their sex or not yeah. and take medicines then the question they're asking is then why can't they make the decision to have sex with a, an adult if they want to? Yeah. And by the way, if that is the standard you're going to use that a child that's two, three, four, five, six, whatever, can make that decision on their own, parents can't do anything about it, school can't do anything about it, and they can get uh, these type of medications to allow them to transition like this, then if you're going to use that standard to say that that's right, then how, how can you look at a pedophile and say, well, if they want to have sex with me, that that's wrong? Now, I believe both of them are wrong. Yes, I think absolutely. they're all out of their ever-loving mind. But you cannot use a different standard on this that you would the other. And, uh, and, and this is where pedophilia is going to come in. 
Yeah. Because we're doing this. We're opening the doors. And you see this, it's, it's, it's progressive. It's a progressive thing. And uh, so, uh, you know, and I, and, I was... And by the way, most of this has popped up since Roe versus Wade yes. was struck down. You see, Mullick, or if you just want to use this a generic term, the devil, he doesn't give up easy. No. If he can't get the children through abortion, he'll get them another way. He's going to get them another way. And you see, the, the, what is the end game of this? Is that the thing is, is that we want to turn a generation, we want to destroy generations of children. Because if we can stop that generation from serving God, we're, we can stop it in the future. Now, do you remember after Joshua and all the elders of the church in Israel had died, what, what did it say there? It says another generation rose up that did not know the Lord, and they worshiped the Baal and the Asherah. Yeah. So if you can kill that, or get that generation to turn away from God and have no, uh, then you got them. That is what the end game here is. Now, the thing is, is that, you know, I so many news reports, this is the big thing today. We got parents that are fighting school boards. You see them erupting. I got a pastor that just went on a tirade at a school board because of the material that they were showing and uh, and having the children read in school. We're talking about books that depict homosexual sex, how to have sex, and 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 all these other things. And uh, they they just released a video I saw the other day about these saying that well I don't feel like I'm a boy or I'm a girl but that's okay and all this they got these children saying this which is supposed to make it okay you have transgender people uh, these degenerates coming in and and giving lap dances to ninth grade high school students and everybody around them is laughing if that is not the possession of a nation I don't know what it would be I don't know what you would call that all hell has broken loose, you, folks. This I mean, couldn't have happened two years ago. No. You couldn't have even thought about this five years ago, ten years ago. If I would have looked at you and said, with five years ago, if I'd have looked at you and told you everything that's going on right now was going to happen, most people would have laughed at me and said, Pastor, you're out of your mind. Yeah. By the way, I didn't tell anybody these things were happening because I couldn't have conceived it. No. Uh, but this it is what's going on in our nation. Us. And so when you read Jonathan's uh, book, Return of the Gods, uh, I think it is a possible explanation to what we're seeing today. How can we degenerate this quickly? This is not organic. No. This is not something that just sort of happened gradually. We have taken a steep dive. I mean, in fact, we had a lot of immorality even in the 60s and 70s, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. I mean, nothing and, that we can even conceive. I'm, I'm saying within the last Understood. two to five years, I'll, I'll put it that way. Yeah. This it's country a, has done a nosedive. We've done immorality, a nosedive. And you can't, there's no way that you can explain that in a natural term. We do not struggle against flesh and blood. No but against the principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Yeah. There is no other explanation. Ephesians 2 verse 2, and he said, uh, you, uh, you were formerly, you walked according to the course of this world, mm -hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air. He said the spirit, the spirit, who's now working in the sons of disobedience. And that same spirit is working in this country right now. Yeah. And uh, and with the church waning uh, all over this nation and in the world in attendance. And don't blame it on COVID. It was happening before that. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and just people not affiliating. And then you have this pressure and this agenda by ungodly men that want to suppress the truth. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is what you get. Yeah, this is uh, what you this, get. This is what you, 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 you basically, 
if, and I'm not trying to be ugly by this, but in the vernacular of this world, you give God the finger and you say we can do it on our own. God will let you do it on your own. Yeah. And this is what happens. It is a degenerate uh, thing to the lowest common denominator. The Lord of the Flies was a book that was written about this one thing when you have the absence of morality and laws. And it was a novel just depicting this. Yeah. This is worse than the Lord of the Flies. It is. It is. And, uh, Pastor, you're right. The, the decline, I mean, has quickly happened. And here's the thing. We, 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 we went back and we first, we were talking about Jehoshaphat. We were talking about all that. They, uh, these kings allowed things to go on. Your silence, your burying the head in the ground like an ostrich, we use that, uh, that comparison, Turning your backs, oh, it's not me, it's not affecting my kids, it's not, and we allow this. And pastors, you have a pulpit. You have a source of communication with the people of this land. And if you are not speaking out against it, if you are not taking a stand, then what good are you? What good are you? Because the thing is, is that while we have slept, these evil, this evil, this spirit has invaded our land. Yeah, now, the, yeah this is in Ephesians 5, and, and uh, I taught out of this passage. Not, we have a series going on on Wednesday night talking about the will of God and, and Paul's use of that in the scripture. And, uh, and over here in chapter 5, it, it, he, he starts talking about being an imitator of God. And, and, uh, and, Anyway, um, he says in verse uh, verse three, he says, "But immorality uh, or impurity or greed must not be named among you as proper among saints. There must be no filthiness, instead of talk, of course, jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For you know with certainty. I want to I want to read that again. You know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater." has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, what things? Immorality, impurity, greed. He said because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were formerly darkness, but now you're light. And the Lord walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth, trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. But he says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead reprove them. Mm -hmm. Reprove them. Your silence in the middle of this is affirmation. Your job is to reprove them. He says, for it's disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things become visible when they are reproved by the light. Yeah. That, when you are at work, maybe you are in a family situation, mm -hmm. you're among friends, you hear people talking about abortion like it's good. You know what you do? You reprove them with the truth. We speak yeah. truth. That's truth Dr. Michael Heiser's famous statement. We speak truth to lies. And truth that is lies. our job. We can be nice about it, but we speak truth to lies. And then he gets into, he says, therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Yeah, and that was Paul's context there. And, uh, but Pastor, I want to read just, just a little section of scripture, and then I think we're going to have to wind up for today. I think we, we've reached our, our uh, time. Yeah, we will. Okay. Now, the, in Ezekiel chapter 33, this is what the Bible says. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, If I bring a, the sword upon a land, and the people of the land, uh, of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees the sword coming upon the land, 
and blows the trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But, uh, but then he goes on, if he said that he takes the war, but if the watchman had not blown the trumpet, then the blood would be upon the watchman's head. Yeah, he sees the sword coming and he does not blow the trumpet. We see these things happening in this. Why do you think that we're here? We're, we're not to say, well, we don't have anything to do on a Friday night or whatever. No, that's not what we're here. We're here because these are things that are affecting our nation. And pastors, I'm going to tell you what, uh, you know, it is time. We have too many ministers out there that are just turning a blind eye. Not say, don't, now don't preach about it because we don't want to, uh, we don't want to offend or, make, or hurt anybody's feelings in the church. And you, you want to have the big crowd so you can get the big offerings. Don't get me started on that. Anyway, but the thing here is, is that you are a watchman. And that is going to be on your neck and on your head. If the child, children are getting maimed and, 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 uh, and uh, under your watch because you didn't say anything. Or children are being aborted because you just decided not to say anything. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable. Uh, if you want to, to read some reviews about our church to see where we stand, and we are not hypocrites on this, no. go to River of Life uh, Church, Georgetown, Texas, uh, and if you're, you, you'll look on the right side, you'll see reviews for our church. Mm -hmm. You might be interested on things that we're criticized for. Okay. These are things that we're criticized for because you know why we talk about them. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's uncomfortable. Uh, we have a philosophy and a belief based in the Bible, based in this scripture right here, that I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to give an answer for how I conducted myself in this life, but I'm also going to give a, a, an account for what I preached and what I didn't. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I am going to uh, stand before a holy God and give that account. And if you're a pastor, you're a preacher, you're a minister, you're a youth pastor, you're involved in the ministry, let me tell you something. You're going to stand before that same holy God, and you're going to give an account for what you spoke to the people and what you didn't speak to the people. Yeah. And so I, I'm imploring you, if there was ever a time for the church to stand up against the filth and the insanity and the absolute demonic possession of a nation, it's now. Yeah. It's it, now. You know, because if we don't, we're not going to have much of a nation left. True. And, uh, and, and I'm not saying that to be ugly. I, I believe we can have revival. I believe we can have an awakening. I think it's all possible. But what I do know is in the present situation with the church right now, if something doesn't change, it ain't never going to happen. And so I'm asking you to take this seriously. Yes, yes. So, all righty, folks. We're going to have to wind up. Pastor, let's pray and uh, close in prayer. And uh, next week we're going to go back. We're going to go further in. Ashtaroth or Ishtar, whatever your flavor would be. She's called all kinds of things. Called all sorts of things. And it is a, will amaze you at the parallel of what this god or goddess does and what's going on in our country today. Pastor, go ahead and just pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and Lord, uh, I realize that when we speak about the things that we've spoken about today, um, well, Lord, it can be very, it can be grieving, it, it, can, it, can, it can bring uh, uh, even emotions that we don't even like to display. Uh, because God, uh, when I think of all the millions of unborn children who have been aborted in this nation only, alone, I mean, that doesn't count all the ones that have been aborted all over the world, over 50 million. And, uh, 
And, and, and Lord, when I see even positive changes in our nation with Roe versus Wade being overturned and the people uh, just, just screaming out in a demonic rage about this, Lord, uh, help us. We need your help. Help the church. Help uh, every church, every pastor, Lord, that, uh, that we can have a firm stand against these things. It's not just enough to be for something. Uh, we may be better defined on what we are against. Uh, there should be no mystery in our churches. Uh, we allow the reviews to stand on our our uh, our, uh, our our page there, uh, our River Life page, because Lord, I want everyone to know that we're not for abortion. Yeah. We're not for this. Uh, we're not for homosexual relations, Lord. Uh, we call all people to repentance. Uh, and, and, and Lord, that is the only way that we can show the love of God. That's the only way we can fulfill the Levitical uh, admonition in Leviticus 19, repeated by Jesus himself, to love our neighbor as ourselves. We can't do that if we don't tell our neighbor the truth. And Lord, uh, sin is a, a, a problem in any generation in our nation right now. Lord, there are things that are just absolutely out of control. Yes. And, uh, and I'm asking you to intervene on behalf of that. Help us to be the solution to it. Lord, that we will speak truth to lies. And I believe that your truth will prevail. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in this week. We will be back again next week with the Foundations Podcast. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.